mm-hmm. this shirt mm-hmm. you, was yep. white at the beginning of this. I'm just red <laughs> with rage. That's how mad I am it's, right it's now. It's the heat shirt. It's a, oh, we got back. Oh, I got no. the heat shirt. We brought it back. We oh finally brought it back to heat shirts. Heat shirts, dude. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rune Terrible Radio. Now, for those of you who aren't sure what Rune Terrible Radio is, it is a yeah. podcast about Legends of Rune Terra. <laughs> yeah, now, if you're good. not sure what Legends of Rune Terra is, okay. I am your host, Blevins. <laughs> With me, as always, is Saucy Mailman. What's up, buddy? Not much. We had a very spicy pre-show, so uh, this show's going to be hot. This is going to be hot, and not only because I'm now under two lights uh, and am actually roasting like a holiday ham. You can see in the video, you can see I'm glazed like a holiday ham, but also because we have a super hot guest on today, and that is none other than Casanova. What's up, buddy? Yeah, speaking of holiday ham, it's me. Um, yeah. So, and you know, with that, you know, I'm excited to be here. It's been you know 20 episodes since I last made my appearance yes, here on checked. the Terrible Radio. So uh, glad to be back, uh, talking about some some tea, spilling some tea, uh, and and talking about Legends of Runeterra, which of course is a card game brought to you by Riot Games. Uh, yeah, for okay, okay, with so the bits mad. We'll do it later. We'll make sure we we're gonna bring it back. Absolutely. It's, if there's one thing I know about this show and the guests and the, the guests that learn about what the show is, is that the callbacks will be had. That is. Oh yeah, that is 100 sure. I yeah. mean, we got back to heat shirts. I forgot about yeah. heat shirts. I just remembered. You said that your your shirt was white and it turned red with anger. I'm like the heat shirt for longtime listeners. That yes. was like our third or fourth episode. It was we early. A terrible gag about the the, the body guest? transferring heat shirts was that oh that was cosmic i think i think that was yeah, think cosmic's it, episode yeah that was cosmic. like that was like episode like four or five something yeah super early. it was early yeah super early it yes. was a terrible it wasn't a good joke so no. it was bad enough for me to bring it back yep this is of course my hundred <laughs> thieves heat shirt uh make sure to check yeah. it out use the promo code rune Ter- no there's no that that yeah, doesn't there's exist no promo code. We're losers. there's no promo code and that doesn't exist but um nope. yeah so a couple things for the agenda today First, uh, you know, we've obviously been uh, all involved in Legends of Runeterra in various ways, playing, casting, all that good stuff. So we'll be talking about what we've been playing, what we've been liking, all that good stuff. But also, Casanova, I know you have a spicy announcement to make about the world of Legends of Runeterra. In a world where there's Legends of Runeterra. There, there is tournaments. There is a, there is actually both yeah. of these things are here and uh, <laughs> uh combining the two of them I've been working with uh Giant Slayer TV uh to develop a a tournament series um for those of you listening that may follow other games in the Riot space you may recognize Giant Slayer TV from their team fight tactics content uh as well as uh recently some Valorant content uh I know in the team fight tactics sphere Blevins, of course, uh, has a, another podcast where he covers TFT. He yep. also voices the YouTube videos for a yes. lot of Giant Slayer. Uh, a TFT. couple of Valorant videos, too, actually. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay. 
I didn't even know this. I, I'm learning things every day. Oh yeah. I comment. I comment on the TFT ones all the time. I, I always watch. Like I haven't been able to play TFT just because lack of time has been completely mm -hmm. unreal. But I try to stay up with the meta and like so I'm like these videos show me popular comps. So if ever someone's like you me on the playground right now TFT battle, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you yeah. go. Yeah, exactly the goal of uh you know the giant slayer tft channel so that you know in the event where someone approaches you on the playground and challenges you to a tft fight yeah. uh you're Happy. ready that's it's Happy exactly um it, it is the scenario that they had in mind when they made a lot of these videos it's true that was the oh. elevator pitch they were like trying to they're like in a market executive meeting like all right picture this you're on the playground just like that it works yeah well yeah, every time. I, when i was originally contacted they said uh blevins um you have a voice do you want to do the videos i'm like eh, i don't know They're like well it'll be really informative for people they can learn i'm like eh, i'm not really buying it like that. now what if you could have one lone elementary school kid someday stand up to seven different and also going against each other bullies in a battle, yeah. a playground battle of TFT. Mm -hmm. I go, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in now. <laughs> I have no interest in educational content or helping anyone that nope. isn't myself. But the thing you just said is amazing. The thing you said was the greatest thing of all time. Was. So, uh, yeah, Casanova, do you want to you want to talk about uh, hold, well, hold on, because we, we covered some of this before the pre-show. We had to have a, a secret meeting with Blevins, Casanova, myself to cover some of the things you're not allowed to say uh, publicly. Right. But are, you should be good to talk about some things, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I pretty much can talk about, I think, you know, whatever. Blevins, you can check me on anything that it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that I can't, I can't do. Yeah, like what's, but... the, what's the format for it? Oh, so it's like uh, we go ahead and we, we want to be going with a... Uh, that's not allowed. That's can't not allowed. That. Can't, can't no, talk okay, about, can't that. Talk no, about okay. that. Actually, you can. That, but actually, a, the format we yeah, can't talk about. So that, we had a gag set up. It didn't. It didn't really. It's a tournament it's okay. series. Yes. So, tournament. so, so yeah. So, so we're doing um, fight night. Actually, so we're doing. It's going to be called Fight Night Legends. Uh, it's you know recurring thing that we've seen from Giant Slayer Heroes Hearth before that. Uh, where we invite a couple players uh, once a week and they come compete for cash and glory. And uh, at the end of the tournament, the the last one remaining, in this case for Fight Night Legends, it'll be top two uh, remaining, will play again the next week. They'll be invited back with six new competitors trying to take their, their spot at the top. Um, so we're going to be having eight players, double elimination, uh, two decks, best of three, with uh, no bans and region lock. So it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. I'm yeah. really excited to actually be bringing that uh, to the table here with Giant Slayer. And um, uh, I, it's been something that we've been working on for quite a while. I, I tried to bring in Blevins as early as I can because Blevins has been, you know, casting all these tournaments with me. Uh, so I needed, I, needed, I needed someone by my side helping me run these. And finally, we have the very first one planned for June 26th. So I'm, I mean, I'm so happy to actually finally have it coming out. Hell yeah. And are these going to be, what's the timeline on these? Are they going to be weekly, monthly, yearly, centurily? Yeah. So they're bi so they're yearly. Be, they're bi -yearly. Uh, <laughs> every other year we'll have one. No, it'll be, no, no, it'll twice be every, a year. Week, every, every week. week. Every week. Um, it'll be every Friday. We'll actually have a fight night planned. Uh, and every fifth week we'll have something a little extra special, but I'll save that for the, the, the actual announcement. I'll save that one. 
We'll say we'll save one thing, Blevins. That's the one thing we'll say. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. All I'll say about that in terms of the big tournament is uh The day of reckoning is coming. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. I heard that. All, all I'm saying is you're gonna want to come back to this moment and you'll you'll your mind will be blown when that announcement yeah. comes out. That's all I'll yeah. say. It's because yeah. in the tournament every deck has to have the card reckoning in it, right? Yes. Uh yeah, it is uh, well you blo- for all Oh shit. <laughs> well now you gotta change it. Uh well Timo oh, decks only. The day of Chum the Waters is coming. <laughs> Speaking Ooh, of callbacks, be, that might be, all we do is callbacks. That might be a uh, an episode title, The Day of Chum the Waters is Coming. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. the cat's out of the bag. And I mean, we've kind of been promoting this on some of the casts that we've done, at least like a light, like a light promotion, a dusting here or there, maybe some illusion on some of the casts that we've done and some of the streams that we've done outside. But now it's like, it's out there. The official... Like blog posts and write up, and there there may be a little little promo video. Who knows? We'll be coming out uh, soon, so uh, I'll put the link to the uh, Giant Slayer LOR channel, uh, the Twitter channel, in the the show notes in the description, so you can uh, you can check that out. But uh, just search for Giant Slayer LOR on Twitter if you want to go right now. Maybe Casanova can find the link and post it in the chat. Um, in the meantime, but definitely check that out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be high level, and uh, we're really excited to uh, to bring some more tournament content because I know, I mean, it's one thing for the caster. Oh, yeah, you can't you can't post links. Oh, mega lol. Uh, oh, did I get wait, banned? How are you not a how are you not a mod? Uh, I'll fix I'll fix this later. Um, it's one thing for you know LOR podcasters and uh, tournament casters to. Um, to be excited about a tournament series but it's another thing when people are like on a you know a pretty a fair basis like being like hey when are you guys doing more tournaments are you casting the next tournament when's the next tournament when how can we play in more tournaments so we've definitely you know heard that across the community and i think uh it's very exciting because you know a lot of you uh folks out there that are you know playing these are, are super hardcore which you know for you know myself saucy and and casanova having been in the at least well casanova you've been at the actual professional level at uh at at esports but saucy and i have just been at the you know the the gp grinder level and pre-tq pro tour all that in magic it's uh it's really great to see that level of enthusiasm you know in a new game so very exciting for us yeah, I mean, it's it's what I've been kind of living for is, you know, our weekend cast and the hype that everyone builds up around it. And just the the exponential growth yeah. on those casts has been uh, amazing to see because we just keep getting new people every week that become regulars. Like it's a lot of faces that mm-hmm. I start to recognize week in and week out coming and watching and then a bunch of new faces every week as well. So just being able to have additional tournament content throughout the week is going to be so amazing, especially because it's a slight different format instead of the opens this is built with spectators in mind we want people to be there for the show for it to be entertaining for it to be exciting bringing all the best players together and and duking it out uh for for some nice uh some nice cash prizes yeah which is sweet always nice to have a little little cashola at the end of the uh at the end of the uh 
I don't even know what metaphor I'm going there. It's nice to have yeah. a little cashola at the end of the event, um, for sure. So definitely uh, make sure you guys are following that channel. Saucy did put it in the Twitch channel, in the Twitch chat, but I'll also put it in the description for the episode if you guys are listening in podcast and YouTube world. Yep. Um, speaking of, if you guys haven't already, make sure you are joining the Rune Terrible Radio Discord channel. That is the place to be, discord.me slash Rune Terrible Radio. Saucy and I effectively live there. I know we yeah, we so. we have we have you know homes of our own, but our second home, or actually probably to be completely honest, our first home is the Room Terrible yeah. Radio Discord. There more than I'm at home. Yeah, uh, same. I'm definitely there more than I'm at work. Uh, I mean, yep. if my employer's <laughs> listening, I definitely am not on Discord. Where I'm what are you talking about? No idea what you're talking about. I'm not even mm-hmm. Blevins. I'm so I'm, that's someone else. Um, but definitely check that out. I mean, it's just been. Like it's been crazy to see the community growing and like we're it's the same thing with with our uh, discord community. It's like we're seeing familiar faces like people who I mean, I don't know about you, Saucy. I didn't know a lot of these people beforehand. Um, no. And now zero people that, you know, are, are regulars and always coming by the streams and in the discord and just it's it's a really awesome place. So definitely check that out. So we have we I I want to get I want to talk about this. We Let's have some tournament. We have some more tournament news. Ooh, uh, Blevins, you're oh, now a right. tournament professional, right? You mm, well, professional has to you know win. Something, I mean, I, right? I want to hear about it. Let's hear about some some of your tournament. Yes. Uh, highlights. Yeah. So uh, in Casanova, you can fill in some of the details that I'm missing about the event itself. But the Rune Terra for Change event put on by Team IQ. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Charity event uh, put on last weekend. Um, Casanova and Miles from Team IQ. Am I I getting Miles from Team IQ. uh, We we had it on my channel. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, IQ brought me along to help uh, help run the broadcast for the event. So uh, myself and Miles were the casters for for that one. So uh, ran a um, charity event for Black Lives Matters um, and uh, a charity involved in in that. And I played in Know Your Rights Camp. Know Your Rights Camp, yes, yes. The the charity. Yes. Um, So really good charity and a really good event and really awesome to see the community come around. And I know you guys hit your charity goal like pretty pretty quickly. Yes, so... So uh, just to touch on that quickly before we get into Blevins' experience uh, in the the tournament, yeah, we week. could skip that part. No one needs to hear no, about no, no, that. No, no, no. We definitely are getting back to that one. We're not. Yeah, we're not, yeah, skip, we're not skipping. We're just chat. Just, just start spamming. Just start asking about there. Shark Chariot so we can move on. Yeah. So um, we we actually we had a three day goal of thousand dollars. We made it in the in the first day. We had some extremely generous uh, donations uh, to kick things off. We ended up. Uh, over the weekend, generating uh, one thousand two hundred and fifty-seven dollars wow. for Know Your Rights Camp, which was which is amazing to see the community uh, come t- come together and support that. We even had you know a little bit of support from the Runeterra team. The player Runeterra retweeted our event and put it up, and and so that was really exciting to see. And and just having everyone there supporting the cause and the charity, and and a lot of different people coming to play was super cool. Uh, the open, including players who who don't generally play the game, but they create content in other ways, like your, yourself and mm-hmm. a couple other casters. Uh, and, and, you know, um, yeah, just other casters and people who don't, uh, generally play in tournaments came and played in it. And so it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, so, you know, it was the type of thing where, um, you know, I had the time and it's for a good cause. I'm like, I'll play it, you know, I'll play on, play on Saturday. So 
I queued up. And um, so one thing to note is that I didn't realize that the the rules format was uh, for deck submission was slightly different than what I'm used to. So it wasn't, um, it was three decks, one ban, but it wasn't technically uh, region lock. It was card lock across decks. So like if you, you could use Bilgewater in two different decks, but you couldn't use Fizz in two different decks. I didn't, I didn't yep. know that at all before, beforehand when I submitted the deck. So I just submitted region lock. I probably would have just done it that way anyway. But, um, so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to. You know, I've talked about this on the stream. I've talked a big game on the stream about what type of lineup I would bring if I was uh, playing in a tournament. So I went and uh, I did my best uh, uh, bagels impression and uh, tried to bring three aggro lineups because I'm like, you know what? It's a strategy. <laughs> it, you know, it might not be a good one. It might not be the best one, but it is a strategy. So I brought um, one of my favorite decks and I think it kind of exploded across like it was it was already kind of big before this weekend but I saw it a lot just in the the deck list that I was looking at and playing against the uh championless elusive noxus elusives um so I'm like I'm playing this I've been playing it on on uh master ladder it's been working well for me I'm gonna bring this deck because it's the one I played the most so I'm like okay I get gets rid of Noxus and Ionia. Then I'm like, I want to bring more elu- or I want to bring more uh, aggro decks. So I'm like, what can I play? What can I play? And then I came across uh, Scouts. I'm like, oh, awesome! I'll play Scouts. I played Scouts. I got to master with Scouts. Granted, this was before the Badger Bear nerf, but so I looked up and I actually found um, Mahomes Michelle, who won a Duels of Runeterra EU event, I believe. A few weeks ago, yeah, I think ago? it was a DOR. I think it was, I think a, it was DOR, a DOR, like three, two or three weeks ago, or two or three DORs ago, rather. So like three or yeah. four weeks ago, whatever. Uh, I've lost all track of time. So I'm like, oh, I'll take a look at what his list is. So I took that. I made one important change. I added in a, uh, I added in a Jaw Hunters because there's no way I was going to queue up a lineup without a Jaw Hunters. Uh, yeah, that was just never. Required. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was a given. Yeah. That was uh, that was absolutely never going to happen. So, um, hold on, I was I was point I was trying to delay for this. Already put it. Um, so I got to I got to play that uh, clip a bunch of times when I was playing it. Uh, side note, it was actually pretty good, by the way. The Jaw Hunters. It uh, a lot of card. It, it in in scouts. Um, it like so it was in there over a Laurent protege. So like kind of a similar. Um, slot i guess it works a little bit differently obviously but i'm like it gives me a little more reach it gives me you know a, a a larger threat for later in the game and it can trade up uh potentially so it was pretty good um and then i also brought uh an endure uh endure atrocity deck an endure atrocity deck but i uh went more of the mist wraiths and wraith caller nice. uh plan to be a little more aggressive so it was basically like mono si with just fury and uh indoor and indoor i don't even i think i cut the i think i actually cut the omen hawks maybe i didn't maybe i cut those in. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter i want a more aggressive deck so I, I i i queued up three uh aggressive decks and long story short i think the you know the uh the tournament went pretty well. I I got two losses, which was enough to, you know, essentially get me out of top eight range. But my losses were to Presto, who is a top five 
uh, EU player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I lost to Cesaro, who ended up dominating the event. So, like, I'm, I was pretty happy with my performance overall. Um, it was fun. One thing I learned is that I'm not the biggest fan of Smash GG. And I'm putting that lightly so that I don't, you know, potentially destroy future yeah. uh, relationships with Smash GG. But uh, my experience as a player uh, that weekend made me feel um, a lot more sympathetic towards the players and having to use that platform. That's what I'll say. The tournament staff and admins, great. It was run super well. It went super smooth. Smash GG, I could, I could maybe they can use an improvement or something. I don't know, but that was that was that was my overall. I had fun. It was great, great event. I like it, Casanova. Did you have any uh, any highlights or moments you wanted to bring up from from Blevins' performance? Ooh, from Blevins' performance, yeah, no, I uh, games, right? I, yeah, so we did. We actually cast your set against. Presto, I believe, mm-hmm. which was a pretty unfortunate uh, set. I actually didn't feel like you you played bad. I felt like you played pretty well mm-hmm. uh, in in all the games we caught. It's just the weakness of of an aggro lineup is sometimes you just don't draw quite well enough. And uh, of of all your games, I think there was only the one misplay on the the back to back where you lost your MF to it. Oh. Power of the depths. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was about it. Like every, other than and, that, I, I actually felt like you did everything pretty properly. I, but Presto, just a little bit overwhelming there. It it was like, I mean, we've it's it's easier to see this when you're in the caster booth, but I felt it immediately. Like the second that sat, I so. Presto is playing deep. He plays a Devour the Depths on my um, Misfortune. I cast a... And this is on his attacking turn. I cast a back-to-back to to save my Misfortune and pump something else, essentially fogging his attack and countering his Devour the Depths. And on the next turn, I'm... I think swing for Lethal or, like, very close. Like, he's going to be, like, super far behind on on the swing back. He has Maokai's Sap Magic to... Uh to um toss to, the to remaining toss the remaining yeah. to toss the cards to get him to deep my back to back is killed my misfortune is killed his attacks are all of a sudden good because or maybe they weren't it doesn't matter but like I've, i the game is over essentially like yeah, i it's not literally over but like I played it out oh, for it like was. two more turns and <laughs> it was over it was over um that magic blowout it got blown up. I mean, for what it's worth, it could have been any of the... Could have been a jettison. The, yeah, it could have been jettison. It could have been... But it being sap magic makes it better because that's a card that isn't in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Effectively yeah, not. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it... Uh, and it, I felt it so much that, like, that exact moment was the end of my tournament run because, <laughs> like... I lose that game, and it's like I have to. That I then have to play Scouts versus Karma Ezreal, and I'm like, <laughs> nope. Oof. Like that game, I was just behind the whole game. It was just like, yeah. It's it's really cool that you bring up your lineup because it's actually a, it's a decent segue to something else that I work on that I, we didn't really talk about in the pre-show at all, mm-hmm. but I figure I'll bring it up because it kind of yeah fits yeah. here. So your lineup, you had the the Nox uh, Ionia Elusives. It, yep. It's a deck that was. Uh, popularized by a Japanese player, and I can't remember which one exactly, but most people caught it from Teal Red. 
Um, yes. I don't think he was the first one, but I think Teal Red was the one that a lot of the Western players Copyright. ended up yeah, seeing yeah. it from. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a, there was another Japanese player, and, and if I can remember his name, I'll, I'll link it over to you, Blevins, but um, that had popularized that deck, and it, it's been sweeping um the americas and european uh ladder recently yeah. as, as just a really uh oppressive deck and then on top of that endure has made a massive comeback as just being yeah. one of the best decks in the game and the reason i bring this up two of those were on your lineup they yeah. also make the s tier for the first time we have an s tier on the tempo storm meta snapshot which oh, wow. just went live about 35 to minutes ago to an hour ago um so of recording this <laughs> but yeah the tempest storm had a snapshot i work on with Saro, who you mentioned you lost to yes uh, I sure uh, did. <laughs> Naviu, prismaticism uh bruised by god uh makes up that team and, and we just did that meta snapshot and those two lists endure mm -hmm. and the uh the nox elusives that that is our s tier those are the mm -hmm. best two decks in the game according to that group of players yeah. um so so i do think that your lineup was pretty much there i mean scouts are considered quite good as well uh theoretically there was a better deck than scouts but i think yeah you know you kind of hit the nail on the head with bringing those two decks i thought that that was like lineup wise you, you had a really good shot and and uh came down to playing against sarah who also had a lineup <laughs> that was similar and very it good really and then weird. and then presto who who is presto and that mm -hmm. you know that makes it quite difficult i was thinking that going in that i was going to be the only one that had anything close to this lineup and i think uh Let's see, I went three and two. So I think three out of the five, three, three of the five of my opponents had the same, uh, two of the three of the same decks. So those two S tier decks, and then maybe they had something else. Um, Presto didn't. Presto had a variation of, of the lineup that he built with uh, Maverick and Fresh Lobster previously. Um, I think his... his uh, Freljord Noxus deck was different, but like it was, it was Karma Israel deep and some form of Freljord Noxus. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting to see that. And then I saw a lot of it and, um, almost everyone banned the Nox elusives deck. And I think correctly, I didn't yes, get yeah. close to losing a game when I got to play it. Yeah. Like I let off with it every time that I could. And I won the game rather handily every single time. And like quickly. A, yeah. And quickly. Um, so, and you know, the, the, the scouts deck, the build that I had, I think, um, I would definitely change some things, especially for a tournament format. Like I would add a little more reaction, probably add some different forms of reaction, depending on what I was expecting to see in the tournament. But I basically, to be in, in all honesty, uh, at like 10 PM the night before the tournament, I'm like, Oh, I'll actually play in this. Let me find some lists. And I just submitted a, <laughs> yeah. found some lists, tweaked, Tweaked uh, one or two cards so I could have my pet cards in, and uh, and uh, I ran with it. So it was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad I played. I don't envy the position of a tournament player for online tournaments right now because I do think a lot of the things that I was feeling, you know, ten years ago, oh, not ten, probably a lot of the things I felt. Um, when did Hearthstone come out? Twenty fourteen six six or seven years ago when I was playing Hearthstone tournaments are still there and not for any fault of the game, just the like online tournaments. Uh, it's, it's a tough thing. And, and I love, and it's, it's, I love watching. I love casting. I'm, I, it's not for me to play them. I don't think, I think that's a, that's a younger man's game. <laughs> that's a younger person's yeah. game. <laughs> 
Well, and the thing is, though, Blevins, is I think that both you and Sarah did, like, a really good job in the tournament. Obviously, Sarah making a top cut. Mm -hmm. um, but you guys did so well that it sparked a copypasta in Twitch chat that, <laughs> that read, if the casters are going to always win, then I vote we don't let them play anymore. Tournaments are hard enough with lobster <laughs> hogging all the trophies. So... <laughs> That I that was that. being spammed in the Twitch chat, and in a, I I was I was laughing. I was leaning into it. I was yeah. you know that we were talking about the caster buff, and we kept oh, yeah, trying to we, we kept trying to get any caster that was playing in the tournament to be uh, on stream because well it's not often that we get to cast casters playing games. Yeah, it's true. not a it's not a common occurrence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for anyone like caster, the caster buff in tournaments is real. Uh, just as much as streamer luck is 100% a thing. 100%. 100%. Yep. Can and confirm. It, and let me tell you, as someone who is a caster and was streaming, let me tell you, my yeah, luck was like off your luck the charts. Full effect. <laughs> Unfortunately. Now, like, no, uh, I don't know how we could have gotten you more luck to where people didn't ban your Nox deck. Ah, uh, man. That would be... Uh, I would need to also be a Jedi. So if I was in full Jedi oh, regalia, I could okay. have just... When yeah. I went into uh, Runeterra ban... I could have just said, this is not the deck you're looking to ban. Yeah, and they're like, work. oh, this deck doesn't seem good. Ah, this that doesn't even have any champions in it. It can't be good. Yeah, you need <laughs> champions in this game. Yeah, oh, it must be. Do you remember when that illegal. was like, uh, like a hot debate when the game was like very brand new? People were like, yeah. there's never going to be decks that don't run champions. They're just too powerful. <laughs> yeah. Cut to day two with champless failure and si yeah. control <laughs> yeah that and yeah i mean i, I really I, and i guess we can kind of transition because i think it's a good it's a good topic and a good conversation i think it's a really healthy place to have a good mix yeah. of decks where like champions are just strong cards but they're not like well let's let's put the six champions in our deck and then let's build right like yeah I think that's what a lot of people do. And like, it's funny because every time I build a deck that only uses like one champion, like three of that champion or mm -hmm. not, like I was playing a deck where we were playing uh, with only two Katarinas and that was the only mm -hmm. champions because we were just trying to uh, make it use of rally effects and whatnot. Yeah. But people get so mad i'm like <laughs> if, if i'm only playing misfortune and no other champion for say people are like well, i mean what what are the champion you're running i'm like oh there's nothing else that really synergizes with my game plan yeah. like the cards i'm running make more sense but you could be playing i'm like it doesn't like you don't have to always have six champions yeah yeah i was uh i don't know why but last week i just like got a an inspiration to like actually build some decks Granted, okay. they weren't very creative decks. They were degenerate. Like, how can I make more aggressive, elusive decks? Okay. Like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, uh, I can. Let, let's see. Uh, Freljord elusives is good. What if I cut Freljord and run and run Bilgewater instead? Um, that's still. I I don't think it's as good. You're you're like kind of like it's a sideways move, but it was it was interesting. And I was like thinking of cards i'm like oh i could add in like why don't i play or like in the noxus elusives deck i'm like oh why don't i play zed like zed is like super good it's used in failure elusives and all this i'm like i could play it it's not a bad card right but it's like what am i cutting for it what am i ever cut? Yeah, like, it's hard to cut it's really really hard to cut and i think you know it's a good and a bad thing because in magic you have a deck minimum. Uh, you, yeah, you have a deck minimum. So you, your constructed deck has to be at least 60 cards. 
you can have 130, you can have a thousand cards. I mean, technically in tournament, you have to be able to shuffle it, but like theoretically, you can have a thousand cards in your MTG Arena deck. Um, but you have to have at least 60. I kind of like the fact that LOR is like you and and Hearthstone for what it's worth. You have the deck minimum and the deck maximum. You have to play that number of cards. Yep. Can't go over, can't go under. Because it's kind of like when you think about it at like a higher level, like 61 cards is just worse than 60. And like 99% yeah. of the times, right? Like there's some cases where like the land, you can add an extra land or cut a land and like statistic, blah, blah, blah. Like you can get into the super deep math of it. But like those are like master. I'm not, I'm not talking about the rank. I'm talking about like master level. Uh, I was going to say magicians, magic players. Yeah. <laughs> Master level magicians uh, um, that are taught like Frank Karsten is one that comes to mind. That's like a super like stats guy and is like running like simulations and whatnot. It's like, actually, you can run 61 cards in this deck and you can add an extra. It's like, OK, yes. In the weird corner case in point zero 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 one percent of your decks ever, you can run the extra card and it doesn't make a difference or it's better. But like it's just better in almost every scenario to just run the, the the minimum number of cards because you're running the cards in your deck for a reason and you want to draw them, right? Like you don't want to draw random cards. So I like, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but it made me think of it. It's like, I like, I like the fact that you like, you can't have a hundred card rune Terra deck. Yeah, I agree. It'd be interesting to see with uh, the new game modes coming out, if they had a, a fun Ooh. mode that had no... Uh, deck maximum or just no yeah. deck restrictions. Yeah, I like just the weird no deck shit. minimum because I actually had someone ask me yeah. if I didn't have the the restriction, how many cards would I run in a burn deck? Actually, like how many would I actually run in burn? And I think the answer is probably around fifteen. Yeah, because you should end the game like by that time if you're playing burn. If you have like a perfect draw every time. Yeah, and so if you ran like fifteen cards, you could have that perfect draw. So it'd be interesting to see, like, because it would be in one of those like four fun game modes, right? Because it would get incredibly 100%. broken when you have yeah, only you immediately all that make it not you, for fun. But yeah, you can like, burn. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right, exactly. Because you would you would find like these ways that you can get the perfect draw every time. So it'd be like decks getting the perfect draw against each other almost every single game, which is, in my opinion not fun necessarily yeah. but i think in a for fun game mode idea it's kind of interesting it'd be interesting to see uh that, that kind of no deck minimum obviously that's why we have deck minimums uh that's why they exist yeah uh, I, but yeah it is an interesting concept to think about yeah, i agree like because if you if you if you think about math like the less cards you have the better like the more consistent it's going to be uh especially for your mulligan so you could play like the perfect fiora deck that has every answer you need um like there's a lot of things that get very very degenerate and especially anything that is a quote-unquote alternate win con just yeah. gets better when you can adjust the numbers yeah i i mean i think the like thinking about it it's super fun but in practice there's uh there's one level one deck let's say it's burn that's really really good and then there's a deck that can beat that and most of in these types of like super degenerate strategies they're not playing on the same axis, right? So, like, 
you're not even able like I, the first thing that I thought of was like oh well I'm gonna just gonna play uh, a twenty how many cards do you start in your hand four or five I'm gonna play a sixteen or I'm gonna play a twenty card deep deck with all the deep cards and like yeah, yeah. and just like immediate or or like just have Malkai's right like it's like yeah. oh you have Malkai you automatically draw Malkai and you mill your opponent's whole deck which. I mean, maybe that's not super good. Actually, it's probably insane. Who am I kidding? Like, the Maokai deck's probably the level one deck. So it's like, even if you're playing Burn, does that actually even... doesn't even work. What's that? You'd have to toss them. You'd have to toss the cards. You wouldn't even have enough cards to toss. Oh, you're right. That's not how Maokai works. Okay. No, you're right. I'm thinking of Deep. But Deep in general, if it is still 15 cards within, yeah, it'd still be... That'd be pretty nutty. Uh, but yeah, it's like all fun and games until someone brings burn, and then it's not fun anymore. So, well, I think you have to like it's it's hard when you like open the floodgates immediately to something like that's that degenerate because it's like in Magic you have standard, which is the new cards, and usually that's like pretty tame. Sometimes there's combo decks, sometimes there's degenerate stuff. I know if you're talking about recently, I know don't Matt, the the current Magic players don't need to flame me for underselling this but for the most part standard is not super broken then you get into you know what used to be called extended is now called like pioneer or something like that where it's like there's a bunch of it open there's a bunch of them that like go further back and it's like opens up more cards that are playable and the more the bigger the card pool the more degenerate the card pool gets and then you get into something like legacy and vintage and even modern now which has been out for what 15 years now has it been while, no yeah. not not that long but pretty like it's got 15 years worth of card pool in it um like those formats like even though like the possibilities of what you can play are way higher there's actual there's there's um like bench posts for what's actually playable because it's like oh well if your deck usually wins on turn eight it's un you can't possibly play that in modern right unless you're playing something super reactive because the deck the games the game these decks are able to win on turn four or five um stuff like that so like even though there's way more possibilities to what to play there actually isn't because it's it narrows it down so like in this format that we're talking about you can play any number of cards in your deck but actually you can't because you have to be either playing burn or able to beat burn in this in this scenario so I think it'd be super cool to open up, but I think yeah. it's like the Hearthstone um, Tavern Brawls where they do stuff like that, where yeah. it's like you yeah. bring five cards and it populates your deck with copies of that. It's like, yeah, you just find whatever infinite combo or thing that wins on turn one and you just keep doing that until you get your stupid pack and then you never play it again. That's what that's what it always boils down to, right? Yeah, yeah, it somewhat does. It's it's kind of like um, how, you know, in, in League of Legends, they have like ultra rapid fire and then yes. they have to ban certain champions baseline because they just completely break the game mode and make it unfun. Mm-hmm. But that one, because they banned those champions, they've made it still like a fun game yeah. mode for a little bit for people to play. And I think that's the goal that Riot will have yeah. with these like four fun game modes that they've said they want to bring uh, to Runeterra eventually. I, I don't remember if the dates were actually there for those. Um, but they said uh, July or something in one of the oh, graphics, yeah, yeah. I think. Mm. it's yeah i think i think it was july i think you're right um but it would be i I think they'll look at it from that same philosophy as trying to make sure that it's uh fun and if they see ways that the format gets completely broken where it's not fun then they'll try and uh correct that yeah i think if if it's meant to be like i guess it really depends on what what is the what is the goal for these four fun game modes are we trying to just have like a weekly fun thing 
then maybe they they put those limitations on it. Is it like a static game mode that's just there for just to have it? Is there any sort of like I don't know, is it kind of like Expedition where it's kind of like its own ecosystem and maybe you get like little bits of prizes or something? I don't know. I'm 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 interested to see what they what they're planning on doing with it because I think that's gonna that's gonna depend that's gonna vary what they you know how they balance yeah. it because like Hearthstone, it's like the tavern brawls for a week, and if it's broken, it's like whatever. You're just doing it to get your pack, and then you never play it again. Or like some people play it over and over again because they like it, but they don't really care. It's not like yeah. driving revenue. It's not to, you know any of these other KPIs that I'm sure Blizzard is looking at all the mm-hmm. time. And Riot, yeah, for what it's worth. And for, for the the lab mode is what the, what we're talking about, where yes. it's like the fun modes. Those yes. are coming out yes. in patch 1.5. So oh, okay. And then coming up, so, so we have, and then coming up, month? patch one point four. Literally, what is that? Uh, next. Oh, week. we're on the one point three now. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So the next one point four, we have the gauntlet modes, which are going to be a more uh, competitive mode, but with different um, deck restrictions that mm-hmm. are going to last four days or something, three or four days, um, something like that. Yeah, I, I read the dot esports article on it, <laughs> but yeah, that that's Thank coming you, up on patch one point four which should be pretty cool. I love the idea of having, I think deck restrictions make you become a better deck builder. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's one of my favorite things. I've always loved, my favorite tournaments have always been ones that have unique deck restrictions on them. Um, so I'm super interested to see how this goes. I mean, I really like, or at least liked Popper um, back when I was playing it. Cause like Popper is only common cards in magic. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, with, with all of the cards that exist in magic, there's some pretty broken common cards over the years. So it's actually a pretty, you know, it's still actually kind of a degenerate format. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering like what the deck restriction means, right? Like, is it, you can't, you can only have two epics, like that type of thing. Is it, you can only use one champion or one copy of each champion, or is it like, we're going to test out bring two decks for this tournament and no region overlap like the the tournament format exactly like a certain format for a tournament that we're running (laughs) (laughs) very soon (laughs) that would be cool if they were doing that but they say it's competitive so i'm wondering that's like somewhat what they said they want the idea for gauntlet to be is like testing competitive formats so i think it's more like that side of it is where they would do some kind of whether it is the format we're running at giant slayer if it's a different format entirely it's some kind of format that is i guess almost a test of a competitive format that riot right. wants to try is is what i kind of what i get from the gauntlets i mean i hope that's what they're doing because i think you know as people who are in the tournament organization scene like that's that data is super useful and like if Reddit yeah. is like, oh, well, we hate this format. It's like, okay, well, maybe we don't do that. Or, you know, maybe maybe Reddit has no idea what they're talking about. Well, uh, right. I guess <laughs> if you mentioned Reddit. If it's maybe if it's a, a lot of the competitive scene is saying, yes, hey, we. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if Reddit says it, we'll, you know, measure our. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take a measured approach. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for that because, I mean, A, there's prizes. So, I mean, <laughs> I. Uh, I uh, definitely want uh, definitely want prizes, want those but sweet prizes, want those sweet sweet. Pri- and I think they said I, I feel like I remember them saying something like exclusive prizes or like I don't know, maybe maybe not, maybe I'm making that up. 
But even if it's just like a tournament, like a tournament card back or something, like I, I mean, I want that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's exclusive, I want it. End of the day, Gauntlet is just going to be great uh, content for Legends of Runeterra. I know some yes. people struggle uh, with content right now in the game just because of the fact that the ladder is a little bit borked. Uh, and I, they're also working on that for patch 1.4. They said they're, you know, with the reset, they've said that there's going to be some uh, some improvements. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, they've said it before. Uh, I believe in them to get it right eventually. I'm just not confident that, hey, 1.4, the ladder is going to be perfect. But I hope it is. Yeah. I, I hope. That would yeah. get pretty strong. I, I would it's love like we would love that, but totally correct. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I, I think eventually I have confidence that Riot will get it right. Uh, I, I just don't know when that uh, exactly will be. I I think it, it's even more, uh, and I guess we can transition into the the ladder topic. It's more like what yeah. is the what is the perfect ladder? Like what does that even mean? Um, and obviously we're talking about master ladder because at gold rank silver i don't remember when it like gets standardized but it's like 20 for a win 20 for a loss cut and dry yeah yeah at plat so at master i mean it's (laughs) it's like it is completely messed up right now like i know cosmic who's who we talked about before and is a uh a a rune terrible alumni um he got you know master in like the first week or first couple of weeks of excuse me of this season and he's been in the top 100, like fluctuating and actually going up in rank, even yeah. though he literally has not played since he hit. He has not played yeah. rank since he hit ladder. Yeah. So he's just like been between rank 101 and rank 89 on the master ladder without having touched the game. Or not not touched the game, touched the, the rank the ladder. ladder. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, yeah. a lot of people scrim instead of playing ladder nowadays because... Right ladder you know it, it feels it feels bad to play ladder and we don't want it to feel bad to play ladder we want to feel good when we're playing ladder yeah um, i think that for me it's hard in a card game to make a a perfect ladder system if we look at something that's like elo or or lp or, or something like that mm-hmm. it either comes down to just who grinds the most games or it gets to a point when there's too much of a difference in elo where you can't find a good match and then right. we have the same problem that we're in right now or at least a similar problem to what we're in right now where you have say a 3000 elo rated player queues up and then another master player is still master but they're 2100 yellow. Right. And then you, you have such a discrepancy you that when you get two points uh, or you yeah. lose and you lose 150. Yeah. Right. Which it doesn't make sense because this is a card game. Whereas no matter the skill gap, there's still a percentage chance that the, the, the lower skilled player can win. Yeah. Um, and that percentage is much higher than any other game where we would use the, the yellow system, right? Like if mm-hmm. you look at chess, the chance of a, a low rated player beating a high rated player is like less than 1%. So it does make it quite hard. Yeah. And then you also run into like, if you put too many restrictions, like, yeah, if you're, you can only play against players that are, you know, X number EOL different from you, then like you run into, you takes 30 minutes to get a game. Yeah. And like, that also feels bad. Like we had that happen with Hearthstone when they started doing, you know, they were trying to do ELO rated matchmaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you got to the high, if high level of masters, um early you literally there was a night that i had i think it was 30 some minutes before i got a game on stream and i was like can i even stream this game anymore like i don't know like we're just sitting here for 30 minutes waiting for a game so yeah yeah, and it's hard to balance 
part of me thinks that an LP system is actually the better system, and you do just reward grinders. Like, if they're grinding enough games and playing enough games at a good win rate, there you go. They're gonna they're gonna climb up the the LP. I, like the Riot has this LP system that they have for TFT that they have for other games. Allow it to be implemented. I mean, there are games where you will probably gain more LP than you than a, or or lose more LP depending on the person you're matched against. But making it so those numbers are minimized and not having the swings of like losing a hundred points versus gaining two. Right. Uh, instead making it more like maybe if you queue up against a diamond player, you would gain like eight and lose like 32. And this is in LP. Right. So like that's still more manageable um, and make these manageable gains. And then it comes down to keeping a consistent high win rate over a large uh, body of games to yeah. be a rank one player. And I think that at the end of the day for a card game, Grinders should be the ones that are rewarded in the ranked scene. It shouldn't be someone plays 90 games, has a great win rate, and are undethronable. It right, should yeah, be you play consistently, you keep a good win rate, you play a lot of games, there you go, you're rank one. And, and that's, I mean, that's how I see it. I think going to an LP system, doing it that way, measuring the gains uh, and the losses, uh, basically taking into account the fact that some games, it, like the game is a card game and there is a percentage that you'll yeah. lose no matter what um that's how they make the perfect rank system i don't think there is a perfect rank system for a card game but i think that would be the best in my opinion yeah i, I think it, it really like at a high level you have to define what what should the number one player on ladder be should it be you know what what does that actually reflect and i think it i think like you said Cassa, it's a combination of like person who's playing consistently and has a high win rate across a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think like the, the sort of fantasy or the, like the dream of like, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to like, I'm just going to spike this and I'm going to be the number one player in the world. That's for tournaments, right? You can, mm -hmm. all you need is, you know, the, the dollar and a dream, uh, yeah. or, or the chair and a chip, uh, analogy from poker. That's for tournaments. That's not like the chair and a chip thing. It does not work for a professional poker player. And people who are professional poker players will tell you that's just a marketing ploy to get fish to put more fish to play the game. Right. Yeah. Like it is not for the person whose, um, you know, livelihood is based on uh, doing well in poker. That is for the. I'm playing in a gigantic tournament where there's a, you know, a good amount of variance. And I think in the long run, better players are going to win, but also this known buddy uh, named Chris Moneymaker in 2003 can spike a tournament um, and win, you know, $10 million or whatever it was. And that's the dream. That's not yeah. realized that the, 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 um, the legends of Runeterra equivalent of that is not realized on the ladder. The ladder yeah. should be the, you know, the people who are playing every day, who are playing professionally. And like, yeah, that kind of sucks for someone, I'll just say like me, where I'm like, I'm not going to play 18 hours a day and grind the ladder and grind the LP. But I also don't think, even though I want to believe it, I don't think I should be rank one on the ladder. Like, you know, that's that spot is not for me. Now, I can play well. I can play... Um, you know, I can I can join a tournament and I can spike a tournament and win it and win a tournament and maybe that qualifies yeah. me for approach like in Magic like you can play in one PTQ win that PTQ get an invite this is the old I don't know how it works anymore because they the Wizards 
irreparably yeah. damaged everything. But you used to be able to, I can just bring my deck or whatever, go to one PTQ on a weekend, play for eight hours on that weekend, or 10 probably, win the tournament, get my red envelope that says you are invited to Pro Tour Honolulu, and then I can do, uh, at Pro Tour Honolulu, I can win that tournament, and I can be Pro Tour champion of PT Honolulu 2027. I'm predicting it here now, by the way. Uh, Blevins wins Pro Tour Honolulu 2027, and I only played in two tournaments. Yeah. Should that person, should this fictional never going to happen 2027 Blevins be number one on the ladder? Absolutely fucking not. Does not yeah. deserve it whatsoever. But if you're good and you play inconsistently, but you play well in short bursts, you can win a tournament. And I think those two things should be related in some ways. And like, I think a lot of, there's a lot of overlap in terms of ladder players and tournament players, but number one rank number one on the ladder is not the inconsistently playing one shot spike a tournament type of person. So yeah, I agree. And like even like for the people who are if you're playing really, really well and you're but you don't have infinite time to play the game, you can still get to masters. Like you can mm. still get up into that. Oh yeah. You still get your master uh icon that looks worse than gold. I was gonna say um, which is worse than gold by the way. Stop you, playing. You get that, but you still I mean you can still get there. Um, and I think you just have to be realistic with yourself and just know, like, if I don't have the time to dedicate to this, I'm not going to be in the top, you know, 10 players, but that's fine. That should be okay. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like people who think I should be able to play this game five games a week and be in the top X players is just unrealistic and just stupid. So we shouldn't cater to those people anyways. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a weird entitlement where it's like, I should be able to work my full-time job and then still be, you know, exactly the same as these players who it is their full-time job. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a, you it's are a weird, reading my blog, Casa. Yeah. It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird entitlement for that. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've seen it in every game I've played. It's, it's not yeah, a new same. thing, um, yeah. but it's, it is a weird thing to me. Uh, but maybe that's because I've been someone who's, been playing games as a full-time job since high school so i guess maybe i have a weird worldview on it it's a skewed vision i think it i i think it is definitely like a especially with because runeterra has so much overlap with magic and like it's designed by magic pros like ruben zoo is a you know multi-time right, yeah. pro tour champion etc or at least a one time i don't know if he's won multiple but it doesn't matter uh very good prof like at least former professional magic player um and like that was the reality back then right like there was very few like pro magic players like that's your job and you like when you you live off of tournament winnings and like content that was not a reality really or was a reality for very few people in magic like it was always like either you're being supplemented by a a, a uh, nine to five job during the week or whatever, or um, you know you are just in a situation where you don't need to like make a livable wage from from winning magic tournaments because that's just not gonna happen ever. Well, you got that? You got that Dragon Shield sponsorship? Yeah, but even <laughs> like I'm thinking like back in the old days that wasn't yeah. even a thing. Like yeah. like in the '90s that wasn't. I mean, nope. you were not even if you won a pro tour like that was I mean, at, at after a certain point, it was like enough to make an all right wage. But like even if, you know, it was it was never like you're living glamorously or, or whatever. So 
and, and and I think that's obviously changed in you know the year 2020 and in the past you know four or five years where it's like yeah, Twitch is a thing, content partnerships are a thing, like do being a streamer and all of that as like a supplemental to being a a tournament player and like living off of tournament winnings and like partnerships and whatnot with teams like that's a different world. So I think there's maybe some clash there, but or not clash, but like different um, clash. Sort of, yeah, a clash. You know, clash. It's a clash. A, cl- a culture clash. The the culture gap. That's that's where the uh, that's where the um, the store of the gap comes from is from old Magic players that and new exactly. Legends of Runeterra Legends of Runeterra players. It's, that's how the gap was made. Yeah, um, and the gap is it's a it was a clothing store. Um, do we want to go into the history of? Yeah, for those yeah. of you who aren't sure what the gap. Oh God. Yeah. You brought it back. Clothing from the gap. And you know? Do you know? Do you want to <laughs> yeah, know a, a piece of clothing store. that you can get from from the gap? Huh. A heat shirt. Oh my God. The double can. callback. Oh. Also, so can can I can I put out the suggestion? Mm-hmm. Uh. When you at the end of a season, you know you get your uh, the little icon. Little they, what are they called? The, whatever. I don't know are. what they're actually called. I think you should be able to use whatever the highest one you got and before is. Yeah. Because can we all just we let's? I think we all can agree the gold medallion is better easily, than all the other ones. Easily the best one, and it's also so good. Not only is gold the best one, master is by far the worst one. <laughs> yeah, I don't like master at all. I I, uh, so I almost I, regret getting master. Yeah, I, I had someone like, hey, I hit gold. I don't want to go higher because it looks best. I'm like, I wouldn't. I can't uh, tell anyone in good faith to try to go higher yeah. than gold. I'm like, no, gold's where you want to be. Play That's expeditions. Yeah. Play expeditions. Play normal. Just tank down your rank, play in yeah. uh, unyielding Nautilus, and then play stuff again on ranked. I don't know. You might you might be you might be able to win in gold. But you can see it at the end. You just concede. Oh, okay. when you know you've won, you give them the shin emote and then concede, yeah, you sh- and then say oops, <laughs> and then just message them in game and just say oops. Um, yeah. Okay, saucy. Uh, I know you. Yes, yeah, same misclick. You mentioned <laughs> you wanted to bring something up, a topic up on the stream on the show that you were talking about on your stream that was debated. Yeah, I do. I have a, I have an interesting topic. Um, I don't think we've gotten into this on the show, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion, and I thought this would work really well with Casanova because I want to hear what you think as well. So the topic of, uh, I know we've never heard of the topic of card balance. Uh, have you guys ever heard of card balance before? Um, for those of you who are wondering what card balance is, so <laughs> cards are the, are the things that we use. Okay. So um, someone, someone in my chat, it was complaining about a card. I'm not going to go into the card um, saying it needed balanced. And I was arguing that it didn't need to get balanced. And their mm-hmm. point was that it needs to get reworked because it felt bad when they played it. So I want to know what, what stake you guys think riot should put into balancing cards based purely on emotional response and not necessarily on data because i am like me personally i'm a super analytical person mm-hmm. i need data i like all based complete everything on uh actual you know analytics statistics data on cards and i'll say no that card is completely fine because it's not in the top x decks like it's it's when it's win rate isn't that high it's play rate isn't that high yes it's powerful um but i think it's fine even if it feels bad to lose to. Uh, but then there's the thing, like if it does feel too bad to lose to, then players get upset. Um, so how how do you guys think they should take emotional response in to consideration when balancing cards? It has a place. Mm-hmm. It's not the main thing, 
I, I'm with you where I, I prefer, you know, the balance to be based on analytical res results. Sometimes those can be a bit skewed. I like when, I like when, uh, when they look at tournament as well as, yeah. as a big thing. Personally, right. as a competitive player, I've always liked when they look at the top level and balance for top level. And yep. then if they have to make a change on something that's maybe weak at top level, but incredibly strong at, at the bottom level, then, then go ahead, make the change uh, if you need to help the quality of life for, for players. Um, which it kind of gets into that psychological thing, right? Where it's like, uh, for these players, it's not fun to play against. Makes you want to quit the game, right? It's not, it's very, very, it's a mechanic that maybe is feels unfair. Yeah. And uh, it might be the card you're talking about, but I personally think that right now we have a problem with the pilfer mechanic. Um, because it, it makes it feel a little bit unfair when a card that should not be anywhere near the opponent deck uh, is now being forced to be played around, but you have to play around 40 cards. 40 new cards have to be played around, or else you might lose off of one random steal. And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel skillful. It doesn't feel like it's in the spirit of what Legends of Runeterra is as a game. And therefore, even if the card is not performing at a high level... I think it is unhealthy for the game and does need a change. I agree. So I've, I think it's super interesting that you bring up this topic because I was literally talking about this exact topic uh, on the TFT show I do, the Little Legends podcast, literally yesterday. Um, okay. Because uh, if you, if anyone's familiar with TFT, Urgot right now is like mm -hmm. kind of a feels bad because he literally his alt one shots a champion, so that's kind of like but like it's not super, it's performing really well in a, a certain scenario at high level when a thresh pulls it in, but it's not like overall he doesn't feel broken. So we had the same exact conversation of like it's not actually performing super high, but people but feel super bad. Feel super bad, kind of like Phantom did in set one. I'm going super deep in in TFT now. No, so no, sorry, it's, but that's how, these are true. How yeah, Phantom yeah. felt in set one, where it's like, yeah, it, it, you're you're essentially randomly killing a unit. It doesn't feel like I could play around it at all. It doesn't feel like I could um, do anything about it. It just happened, and you won essentially a die roll. Um, and you're, you know, you hit your nat 20 and I just lost the fight because of it. And therefore like that, that feels really bad. Um, I don't want to go too deep into that specific uh, example because I don't know how good the stat, I don't know what the stats were on phantom in that set. So like maybe it was broken, but like, um, the pilfer specifically, I kind of, I feel a little bit different about pilfer specifically because I think I don't feel as bad about losing to my own cards um, and I don't know why I don't have that like psychological thing. I, I, I think that those cards are a problem or possibly a problem right now because they're so efficient. It's a, it's a two mana draw too. I get buried by the card advantage. It doesn't even matter that the, like they're random cards, whether they're from my deck or from my opponent's deck, it would actually pilfered goods would be better if it was from your, from your own deck, right? Like, Two mana, draw two cards from your own deck would be theoretically better than draw two from your opponent's deck in most cases, I think. Yeah, I um, mean, it, arguably, yes, but in the cases of where these decks are played, generally it's, like, better to take your opponent's cards and have them have to play around a million other things because they have their own answers. But maybe. I agree with you that, it, on principle, drawing two from your own deck should be better. Like, the yeah. card would be more so, broken if it was just a draw two 
at burst speed from so, your deck. I, I think I think yeah, that that, that card's gonna be broken, and like I'm gonna lose to that card probably even more than pilfer goods. My, my so my thing is like. I want to, I, I'm very mindful because like I, I'm in the past, uh, you know, especially when I was a competitive uh, magic player, I would be like, I don't care at all about the casual. Like I literally don't care what the bronze yellow player does. I don't care what they play. I don't care what's good again. I don't care what they think because I'm a, you know, top level player. And I just, I just care what tournament is. I'm very mindful to not do that these days because I think it's, important like you said um how th- a how a card feels is somewhat important uh it's mm-hmm. it's i i think we're all in agreement of like it has a factor but it's not a it's not um the main factor what i will say is that uh mort dog who is i don't want to misquote his title but he's the main guy for tft yeah the uh, guy main, the main designer the, the yeah. head design whatever the TFT guy for Riot has said on his streams before when asked about how they balance, like, do they balance for high-level play? Do they balance for this? They balance TFT as if eight computers were playing TFT, which means yeah. the emotional component, completely gone. Zero emotion. Um, like, like, Urgot is a feel-bad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't win at this percentage. Now, I don't know. I, I, he may have been over-exaggerating or like that's just a general concept because I think they do obviously factor in player, like how players feel about things. But um, a thing we talked about yesterday on the TFT podcast was like um, something like Phantom feels really bad in or, or Urgot where it's like you just automatically killed one of my units, but something like uh, a giant AOE stun doesn't feel as bad because it's like this big thing and like I could have positioned differently even though it's like a huge AOE stun and it stuns yeah. like six guys stunning six members of the team is probably better than just killing one you can argue about the whether it is or not but you get the point I'm making is like a big AOE stun that happens four seconds into the fight is probably even better than just automatically killing one unit it just feels different because Oh, you killed my carry, man, and I lost the fight because of that. And I think it's it's way more of like that like results oriented thing and like you always it's that that psychological bias of like you remember the bad things more than you remember the good things and they like affect you more, like that sort of thing. And I think if people are cognizant of that, then you can look at the stats and be like, Oh, actually it's not that bad. Um now, the, the last caveat I'll make is that you need those, like when we're, we're saying we're looking at stats, we need to be clear and consistent at what stats we're looking at and what stats are relevant. And like, it's like, yeah, well, across all of all levels, you know, Ezreal has a lower level, uh, a lower win rate than Darius. That's the meme that gets brought up all the time. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. what about master rank? What about in tournaments? What about like, yeah. so you need to be consistent about that, but. On a long-winded way of saying, I agree with you guys. I think. <laughs> it's super, it's super hard in LOR on that yeah. uh, front as well because if you look across all all ranks, then harder decks are going to perform worse than than easy yep. decks. Right. H- hence the Darius meme, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Masters levels, a lot of people because Master uh, is completely broken don't care about their rank at Master and they play just random meme decks. Right. So we see it skewed, and and that sounds like oh that should just be a, a small case of players. It's actually 
kind of the majority of I players can, just mess around to that at, at Master. Personally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so that, that skews so much data. Uh, so at the end of the day, for myself, I feel like you have to look at tournament. But then when we look at tournament, there's things introduced like bans and other yeah. different in region lock, which mm -hmm. then uh, skews the data for if they're balancing the game just in general for the average player who will never play a tournament, but they will play ladder. So it, it puts Riot in a very difficult box here when they're trying yeah. to balance yeah. it. And I feel for them on that front. And so that's why uh, I actually have been very impressed with a lot of the balance changes that Same. they make. Yeah. Um, because I think it's probably quite hard to balance this game uh, in general because the, the data is going to be really, really skewed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons that for right now, we, we even, uh, for Giant Slayer, decided to go away from the ban format. And we even see DOR uh, uh, doing the same. Uh, DORs have gone away from the ban format uh, because it does more closely, even with the region lock, does more closely represent your experience that you'll have uh, as any right. player playing the game Legends of Runeterra. And uh, that's something that, you know, in the future, maybe Riot can implement bans into the game and then bans are good for tournament. Or maybe we decide that bans were never good for tournament and it was, uh, it was something that was um, left over from other games. Uh, yeah. But end of the day... Uh, finding the ways that the balance will work out well, whether that's through tournament or through uh, a actual functioning ladder system. Um, it will see even better balance changes if already they're doing quite well with yeah. this very limited field of information yeah. that I feel like they can actually gain. Yeah. The, the, the end, the conclusion to the, cause it got, it got into a long winded debate. Um, it's, I think one of the most difficult things, I think that there should be some, uh, emotional component but i don't think that should be a reason to balance cards mm -hmm. necessarily because what's difficult is something that i like i have no issues with maybe blevins has a ton of issues with so right. there could be uh like uh, a whole bunch of people that still absolutely like people that absolutely hate playing against fizz because they mm -hmm. hate the way that it counsels their sp the spells and we'll, but we could be like well if we're looking at it fizz doesn't necessarily see play it's not but i don't care it feels i hate playing against fizz i auto concede um we see this a lot with it's it usually happens with combo decks like ezreal karma yes right. people just absolutely hate playing against ezreal karma and even if ezreal karma has like a negative win rate it's like a 30 percent win rate let's say um even when it's not good because everything's countering it people just hate playing against things like that um so it's it's very interesting we see i think right now one of the the hottest ones obviously are all the pilfer mechanics mm -hmm. and and like i personally don't i don't care i i'm fine with them but i'm just different um but unyielding spirits one that also comes up all yeah. the time oh people that's like, true yeah card is completely broken needs removed from the game and we're like well let's take a step back and look at it like is it actually completely broken um and it, like i'll bring up the point like if you absolutely if that's the card that tilts you so much um why don't you play a deck that does really well against it play will of ionia i don't want to play ionia okay well <laughs> let's circle well. back so, <laughs> so it's it's interesting it's yeah. we have a lot of cards in this game that have um, that trigger, and it's a card game. This happens in Magic and Hearthstone and oh, yeah. all of them. Like, there's certain things that just trigger certain players uh, or tilt cer certain players that don't tilt others. Um, so it's really hard to balance that way, especially if a card's not seeing high results, but you just hate playing against it. I don't think that necessarily is, you know, cause for instantly we need to go and rework it. Um, yeah, it's just it's just hard. It's, it's a very, uh, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult as a game designer for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we saw Hearthstone, I think, at least early on, be like super conservative in the ways that they approached like things that 
air quotes feel bad. Like uh-huh. Hearthstone from the beginning was like, we are never going to let you op- let you interact with your opponent's hand in terms of like discarding stuff. We'll never make a card that says we'll never make mind rot in Hearthstone that says discard too. Now I don't know if they've gone back on that. There's some like, uh, what was it? Um, what was the two six the two mana two six taunt something rat dirty rat was that his name? Oh yeah yeah. Dirty Rat doesn't really discard. It puts a card into play, but it like interacts with your opponent's hand. So they've kind of backtracked from that a little bit, but like stuff like counter spells. I mean, we have exactly one counter spell in the game. Deny. It costs four mana now. It used to cost three. And that's that was one of the most hotly debated cards ever. Um, and like that's a common thing in Magic. Discard spells are a common thing in Magic. Those, I think... Um, Hearthstone sort of set the tone, and we don't. We have what the one card that steals a card from your opponent's hand that's not really played. I think that type of thing is how it should feel. Like for the pilfer, or not the pilfer, the um, the the steal cards. I think, um, yeah, pilfered, pilfered goods. I want to see that effect on like a big thing. Like if Riptide, if be completely reworking Riptide Rex, but if something like uh like riptide rex was like eight mana and instead of doing damage it like stole five cards from your opponent's deck i don't think people would be complaining about it as much as the pilfered goods because like it's so efficient it's so like but if you had like an over-the-top legend card or uh epic card that was like you know it it is some crazy effect like like if it was riptide that's the first one that came to mind was riptide rex is like it steals three cards from your opponent's deck or something. Like, I feel like that would be less complained about because it wouldn't be like auto include uh, in every single Bilgewater deck because it's just card advantage. Mm -hmm. It'd be like, maybe it'd be strong depending on how many cards it stole or how, what its stats were or whatever, how much mana it costs. But like an eight mana do a big thing. It, uh, type of unit is good in certain decks depending on what it does, but it's not like an auto include and just super easy to put in and generates a ton of advantage like Pilfered Goods does. So yeah, and 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 that's just that's kind of the case with and that's how like every card game works is the less right. mana something is, the more oppressive it has the ability to be. And it's like uh, exponential. Ex- it's not exactly even just the more like, expensive yeah. something is, it's harder to just you, you know you, you may not even get to that because burn could just kill you. Um, but like you you feel less bad the later the game goes on um and when it's early on and like that's why so many people hate playing against elusives for instance like if you just die by turn five it felt like there wasn't a game there um so and and i guess i have to prep i have to go back and uh reconfirm this i don't think ezreal karma has a 30 percent win rate i was just giving a theoretical yeah. example of a potential uh, thing saucy so you know me, that it actually has a 52 percent win rate yeah <laughs> Because apparently I needed to re relet you guys know I wasn't giving specific actual data right now of that specific deck. It's just an example. So there we go. I yeah. said it. It's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. I also think, and I won't go too deep into this because we've been going on and we're getting close to time here. Or we're actually kind of over time, but that's okay. Um, I think not, not even necessarily like how player, like, having it have be a feel bad because i think that is important but like the other the other side of that coin is like how fun is something like we're talking about like tournament level play and high level ladder play and stuff not but and whatnot but like 
what about fun, right? Like you need to yeah. like I think the stealing cards mechanic is a real is is it can be fun. And if it's on something, like it feels like a Hearthstone card in kind of a good way, right? But the problem is is when those like Hearthstone cards, the meme, the like Treasure Trove. Treasure Trove, like Treasure Trove's a super fun card. And it's yeah. super hard to get, right? Like you have to play a seven mana card that puts treasures in your deck, and then you have to draw a five mana card and play it. That feels like the right level, yeah, right? Sometimes it's awful, which is great. Yeah. That's a good thing that sometimes it's awful. I've never had it be awful, by the way. But no, uh, no it's really hard <laughs> for five free cards to be awful, but it can be. It, it can, can be. It can be. And that's fun. And if Treasure Trove cost two mana, I would be complaining about it. Yeah. Um, it but it doesn't. Speed. You're right. Yeah. That's, it should be best speed two mana. I guess one of the and problems I see with Joker is like people enjoy playing it. And I will say, like, casting like turns where someone steals the perfect answer to response is yeah. hype like it's very it fun but i would never want to be the player that it's happening to because well, that i i know how bad that especially in a tournament right to lose to that draw that, that just gets stolen that like, happened that to so so we bad. saw that happen to lobster specifically i know like, we've seen it we've seen that, it a few times we've but the thing is is like i also hate to be the player that loses period like <laughs> you know i hate i hate to be the player in the game that lost to a card right yeah everyone does yeah and there's varying levels of like oh i hated playing against this it's like well did you win the game or did you lose i think you, at some at some point like we don't need to think about it that much like people don't like losing and some people um and i've seen this over the years especially card game people People who play card games and don't really think that deeply into like the like statistics and all that stuff. Like I, it, we talked this a little bit with Lobster um, last week about this. Is like playing poker really set my mind straight in terms of RNG because like you deaden yourself to it. It doesn't matter what actually happens in the hand. If you made the right decision, that's all that matters. So it's going to pay off in the long run. People that play card games, I've found, don't think like that, and that makes these things like pilfered goods hurt so bad. Yes, you remember that time that your opponent grabbed, um, what was the thing that killed Fresh Lobster? It grabbed like the shipwreck hoarder into the into the um, play into the man. jettison or something. It 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 was it was some sort of deep card into jettison because oh, like the deep and card drew, yeah, and then it drew the uh plate where yes yeah, yes oh my god that, okay that was actually that was insane but that's an amazing yeah. so the flip side like yes that sucks for fresh lobster he lost a game yes that sucks the flip side is that the person who played that i don't remember who it was will probably remember that forever we're going to be talking about this forever we're talking about this a month after it happened that's an amazing like hype moment that's yeah. all positive things. Yes, the person lost, but what about what about the like twelve other times that Pilford Goods was cast that tournament yeah. against him, and they got just two random cards? And I like matter. some of the ideas of like having the cards that you steal be like revealed or something. I'm where I'm, like it yeah. allows you to play around them. I think that's like a cool idea because you are yeah. you're getting card advantage at a very cheap premium, and then you trade it by giving your opponent some information. To me, that's yeah. pretty fair, right? Like that's a reasonable nerf to Pilford Goods. Like that to me, I would be happy with that. And suddenly the player has the knowledge that, okay, I need to play around this. It doesn't change yeah. the fact that they might get screwed, but right. they can at least try and mitigate that loss. Like they can try mm -hmm. and play around the, the fact that this thing has been stolen. I, I think that would be an improvement. And I think it would make it um, less 
harmful to you emotionally to play against the card yeah. while also still creating for exciting moments where it's played on the turn they need the card and they pull the answer off the top and that's exciting and that's still you know i think that's yeah. still reasonable yeah I, I think um there are a number of ways that they could um that they could adjust cards like pilfered goods that would be good is what i'll leave it at yeah um, it probably yeah, should have until riot pays me to be a, ga a game designer i don't i'm not going to uh i agree to... it should it should show you their entire deck list and you get to pick which cards you want i agree with you guys oh, Ooh. Yes. Uh, and it should be at really super burst speed which means you get to play yeah. it the turn you get to play it for free the turn before you draw it it actually stops their burst speed cards and Ooh. freezes their effect yeah um so you can respond to that with pilfered goods and it shows you the entire deck list you pick whatever two cards you want um, i think that would be and a it can also it card. can also target things on the board and on the stack as well yeah let it steal yeah. champions yeah. sure why not it can steal champions from their uh, collection it can steal from the board. I like that too. Like it like takes them take out of their collection and adds them to yours. Yeah, and it adds just to your dust, collection. It, it, it disenchants them if you already have additional ones. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think that's a fair change of the card. Yeah, no, and, I, I agree. Uh, and Nautilus should get overwhelmed. Um, so uh, anything else we have to talk about at the end of the show? No, I think I think uh, Nautilus getting overwhelmed is probably where we should end before uh, Twitch chat <laughs> burns the show down. Casa. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure to have you. Um, I know you already plugged the Giant Slayer stuff, but go ahead and plug all that again, the deets, and where people can find you on the internet. Yeah, guys, uh, please, please check out Fight Night Legends starting Friday, June 26th, our weekly tournament over on Giant Slayer TV on Twitch and Giant Slayer TFT on or no, not TFT, geez, Giant Slayer LOR. I'm so used to that plug. I did that plug for a year. I did that plug for a year. Oh my god! All right, thank. We've moved on. Giant Slayer LOR on Twitter. Yep. And uh, if you want to check me out and all of my slips, uh, you can find me on Casanova Hots on Twitch and Twitter. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on Blevins. Uh, I appreciate it. And you can catch Blevins' face uh, as my co-caster for all the Giant Slayer. Yeah coming up so can't wait saucy where can people find your beautiful bearded face on the internet yeah you can just find me uh saucymailman.com is my website um you can find me on twitter twitch um or on discord where like blevin said i'm literally there all day long um because that's what i do with my life <laughs> it is the place to be yes discord.me slash rune terrible radio make sure if you haven't already, join there. We're also, of course, on all the places that you can find podcasts. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we're on YouTube as well. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Just search for Rune Terrible Radio. Them. We're everywhere. Everywhere at once. Everywhere all at once. And you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Blevins. I also have, so I converted one of my old um, Twitter channels our Twitter Twitter pages uh, that I was using for like just general stuff is now specifically Legends of Runeterra focused, and it's going to be it's following a bunch of LOR people. It's going to be retweeting stuff in the LOR scene. It's at LOR Esports. Check that out as well on Twitter, um, uh, because I'm going to be retweeting and all that good LOR stuff. But that is going to be it for this episode. Thank you. 
everyone for watching and listening. Again, check out all those uh, awesome links that we talked about. But for Casanova, for Saucy Mailman, I am Blevins, and we will catch you next week where we'll be talking about more Legends of Runeterra, including the new patch and all of the new stuff. It's going to be great. <laughs>